we, we're kind of starting our missions conference a week early, so to speak, because we have, uh, we're going to be talking with uh, a missionary this morning and then a different missionary this evening. So um, excited to hear what God is doing around the world. Um, in, a, in, in just a moment, I'm going to invite uh, John Conrad to come up and, and introduce things this morning. Um, we're going to be talking with Tim Avila, uh, if that name sounds familiar. We, we've been acquainted with his ministry in the North Manila Cemetery in the Philippines, and uh, you'll hear more about that in a moment. But uh, uh, after we watch a video and, and, and John Conrad gives an introduction, um, we're going to have opportunity for you to ask questions as well. And, uh, and, and you don't have to leave the comfort of your seat. We have some runners, all right? We've got, we've got Patrick over here. He'll take this side. We've got David Holmes somewhere. He bailed on me. He ran away. Too much pressure. There he is. All right, and then uh, I think uh, Pastor Paul can take the middle aisle as well. So if you have a question at any point during our conversation, you can just raise your hand. I've got a list of questions to ask, um, but you're more than welcome to raise your hand uh, throughout the question and answer time uh, to, to, to ask. So I'll open us in prayer, and then I'll turn it over to John Conrad to, to kick things off. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for bringing us here this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you, and uh, specifically this morning to see and hear how your word is being uh, spread, not just here, but around the world. And I pray that uh, this would just be both an informative time and an encouraging time, and that we would uh, consider in our own lives how, how can we advance the gospel uh, to those around us. So we thank you for this opportunity. I pray that you bless the conversation. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Come on, John. But before John comes, I just uh, I understand Mark and Nancy Shepherd will be in the service this morning. They are featured tonight. But if someone would like to take them for lunch today, would you let me know? Or if we already have a volunteer, someone wants to say, hey, we'd like to do that. If you could see me, maybe between Sunday school and church, we can get that lined up. Uh, that would be great to have lunch for them this noon. Good morning, everyone. It was uh, 2006, I made my first trip to the Philippines uh, to visit and see uh, Lito Avila's ministry. And in doing so, I met Brother Tim. And in 2006, he was a recent high school graduate heading into uh, training for the medical field. He, was, uh, he thought he was being led to be a doctor. And uh, being a preacher's kid, he had all through his life kind of been always active in church, helping out mom and dad in various ministries. He was even a, a youth leader in his church. You know, it was, it was a church of about 100, so you know how everybody multitasks, everybody gets involved. And as Tim began his studies for the medical profession, God began to call and burden his heart about serving the Lord uh, through more directly through evangelism and discipleship. So he had made a kind of a left turn and went back into uh, helping in the ministry. And uh, he graduated from a Bible school. He's now uh, embarked on a unique ministry to the homeless. And the homeless problem in the Philippines is much broader, deeper, and chronic than it, you know, we see even here. Uh, tens of thousands live on the streets. And uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing because they get pushed around. Nobody wants them. 
and they go they go try to squat into one neighborhood or district and they get pushed out and they get pushed out they get harassed and the only place they can find refuge is in places like the cemetery or cemeteries and so they cluster and then it just things magnify they become a society a culture all within themselves and this is burdened brother tim uh, and he'll share more about it later but um He's been doing this now 10 years. The ministry has grown uh, dramatically. The Lord has really blessed. And I think as we watch this introductory video that you might be blessed for th with the call that Tim has received from the Lord. So if we could see the video, Brother Tom. Manila North Cemetery is the oldest and largest cemetery in the national capital of the Philippines. Among the nearly one million who are buried in the cemetery lies the bodies of former presidents, first ladies, governors, and popular actors. The cemetery is also a place where about 6,000 homeless people have settled and live among the crypts. Many of them have lived their entire lives in the cemetery. Most who live there were born there, and by parents who were also born there. Periodically, the city conducts clearing operations to remove the shanties and other obstructions, displacing the families from their makeshift homes. In 2013, Tim Avila followed God's leading to begin a ministry in the cemetery. This is the only Christian ministry to the residents that ministers daily to the children. Very few can read. The children are malnourished and susceptible to water and mosquito-borne illnesses. Many are drug abusers before they enter puberty. Their quality and length of life is far below the norm for a Filipino. Brother Tim is using an approved reading and math curriculum to prepare children to enter the public school system. He and his ministry team hold classes weekdays for three hours for approximately 175 children. Thus far, more than 200 have completed the program and entered public schools. He also uses an adult alternative learning system to teach parents to read, and several of them have found jobs and left the cemetery for apartments nearby. However, Tim's real desire is to share the gospel. Every Saturday, they find a place for a chapel service and he brings a message of hope through Christ. And since the ministry began nine years ago, more than 1,700 cemetery residents have professed Christ as Savior. Recently, the Lord answered their prayers by providing funds for a future building inside the cemetery. This will serve the ministry as a training center and a place of worship. There we go. All right, is yours on, Tim? I think so. Huh? All right, I think so too. 
All right, as I mentioned, uh, if you'd like to ask a question about this really unique ministry that Tim has been uh, serving in for the past, was it 10 years? 10 years now. 10 years, yeah. 10 years. Um, we were talking in our office, my office yesterday, and, uh, and John mentioned that in the Philippines, there's probably, did you say 7,000 different Baptist churches in, in the Philippines as a whole, right? There's a lot of Baptist churches, a lot of churches in the area, but uh, but areas like the Manila North Cemetery are very much almost like an unreached people group within that broader area with a lot of churches. And even some churches not willing to, to really reach out and have them come to their churches. And Tim's been in there uh, serving, and as you can see in the video, just an incredibly needy and difficult place to minister, a unique place to minister. Um, and so we just want to ask some questions. And again, at any point, uh, as I'm talking or as Tim is answering, you can raise your hand and then one of our runners uh, will pass the mic off to you and you can hold on to that until, uh, until there's a break and then I'll be sure to, to call out uh, your, your question. So we'll start off with this, Tim. Um, when did you feel the Lord leading you to work with the homeless, the current minister? Okay, um, I was studying for a medical field in college then. The Lord has burdened me. Because I don't know there's people living inside the cemetery. Um, somebody told me to go there and look for it. And I looked for it and I was amazed that not only few people, uh, but in the video, uh, it was 6,000. But before I went to the U.S. or before I go to the U.S., I asked the office, because we have office there in Manila North Cemetery, for the latest statistics of how many people are living inside the cemetery. It's around 12,000 people now. So they are projecting it for, for the next five years to be around 25 to 30,000. Um, it's doubled. So I see the need. And the Lord has burdened me to be in that place because, you know, People there are no education at all. Um, many of them, even they cannot even write their own name. So if you don't have education in the Philippines, you, you don't have any decent job or any job at all. So if you're going to ask if what, what are their daily living, so they go out, scavenge for garbage or leftover foods and eat. So they are thinking for themselves every day what, Will they, what way will they eat or what will they, we will do for every day. So the Lord has burdened me to be in that place. Okay. And out of the, you said 12,000 mm -hmm. is the best estimate right now. Mm -hmm. um, Percentage-wise, what's the best estimate for how, much, how many of those 12,000 people are children? So about 60% of that is children. Because our average... Uh, Pregnant, uh, age pregnant of a lady is 13 and 14 years old. Um, they are homeless and they are helpless. They are homeless because they don't, ho don't have hope. They are helpless because the government and criminals are using them and, using them and they have been abused. Um, the government is using them for election purposes. For example, one, one mayor or one... Uh, who's running for mayor, uh, goes to the office and gave some large chunk of money to the people in the office. 
the people in the office will tell all the people in the Manila North Cemetery just vote for this guy and he will get around 5,000 to 6,000 votes already. And it's heartbreaking because the criminals are using them because we have a law in the Philippines that if you are not 18 years old, you cannot be put into the jail. So criminals are using them for drug mules, sex traffic, and human traffic. So that's, that's the real problem inside the cemetery. Yeah. I think I saw someone with a question over here. Yes. Oh. <laughs> what a time for a phone call, huh? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> So the education piece, is it in English or what language are you educating the children? So we, uh, we are educating it through our native language, but our curriculum is aligned with our public government curriculum. We need to do that because uh, we need, the, we need the, uh, them to evaluate our children every year. Who's gonna pass and can be, uh, how do you call that? And you can be transferred mm -hmm. to public school. So, for the past 10 years, we are blessed for 673 students were transferred to public students, public schools, I mean public schools, 673 public, uh, students to public school. And the, for the first time this year, we have 18 students that have been transferred. And for the first time this year, we have one student that has been granted with scholarship in private school. So that's the first time we had for 10 years, and she's doing great. Not only for the elementary school, but up to his, uh, her high school years. So she's been granted with uh, better education in private school, and all has been taken. So you're really providing a pathway for, for these folks in the cemetery who no, otherwise would be basically stuck there mm -hmm. um, to be able to, to, to move on to better education and, and jobs and things like that. What about just, uh, we talk about the spiritual needs, mm -hmm. right, which is the main reason mm -hmm. why you're there to share the gospel with them. Um, how do you meet those spiritual needs practically in the cemetery? Okay, for the fir first of all, um, I've, I was there not for doing social workers, social work. I am not a social worker. I am a man of God. And I don't give handouts to them. I want to give them education so that they can go out. Yeah. Now, for the spiritual things, uh, we've been doing for the last 10 years our chapel hour every Saturday from 7 to 1. We divide it to different groups. So for the last 10 years, we have 1700s uh, profession of faith. And for the, fir for the first few years, I, want to, I just want to educate them and let them out in the cemetery. And I was leading them to another Baptist church nearby. And the pastor told me not to bring them in because, you know, they are homeless. Uh, they're rough. They stink. <laughs> um, they steal stuff. So it burdened me and it break my heart. So... The Lord has burdened my heart, and I'm in the next few years, I will be starting a work inside the cemetery. Awesome. So we mentioned on the video, it was said on the video there that they've, they've, they have plans for mm -hmm. a building, which mm -hmm. would be basically like a church plant inside the cemetery. 
um, so that we, they have that place of worship right there where they are. Um, what, what's the progress on, on obtaining that building? Um, where are you in that? Actually, if there is no corruption and if it's all, all in the safe, uh, what you call that, right path and we don't go to the corruption, we have a building right now. But the office, we have the funds, we have the, the lot, uh, but the building wants uh, to get some, and I don't want to, get, to go that way, because my dad tell me that if you give them a money for that one signature, I only have one left signature to be approved to have that lot and build the project. Uh, if my dad told me, if I uh, give them money, they will keep asking me for that money. So please pray for me. Uh, we, we, just, we, we already locate that one signature. It was in the southern islands of the Philippines. And after I come back to the Philippines, we will work on it. We will go to the southern islands and get that signature and get that building started. Good question over here, David. Yes, when I think of uh, ministering to hundreds of kids, I think of like VBS and all the adults and um, student volunteers it takes to assist to get that done. So how big are, is your volunteer um, body uh, to help you? So uh, I, have two, I have my staff in the, inside the cemetery. They were the first uh, students, yeah, adult students and young adult students. So they were first to be the graduates, so-called graduates. So they learn the basic stuff like writing, educating. So they were my staff, and um, I hire a professional licensed teacher. So the government requires me to have a professional licensed teacher to teach. So we have around seven people as a staff and one uh, professional licensed teacher. Rebecca. So you mentioned that um one of or some of the other pastors are resistant to having them come into their church. Mm -hmm. Are there any local pastoral staff or um, teachers or whatever that are willing to come in to help with the spiritual and educational needs of the students? That's from funny. From churches in the area? That's funny because the nearest church in the area is the church that I brought the kids. So that church has been there for around 30 years. So they see the problem, but I don't see any ministry work in there. So I've been there for 10 years, so you, you can do the, the math. And they've been there. They see, the, they, see, they see the problem inside the cemetery. Well, our church in Lipa, which is two hours from Manila, is willing to help Malina Lord Cemetery. But the problem is the distance, two hours. So I... God has burdened me to put a ministry inside the cemetery. Well, if you if you gonna ask the the location of Manila North Cemetery, we are working in the first street, only in the first street. Brother John has been there. Um, if you go deeper inside the cemetery, the dangerous people will be there. The cemetery is around 130 acres in land, 130 acres. So 12,000 people living inside 130 acres. So they, be, 
they are projecting it to be five years or ten years from now to be around 25,000 to 30,000 people. And this isn't even, the cemetery isn't even the biggest homeless no. area. Where, mm. where, where else? Uh, we have the dump place there, or city trash is there. We have a community there who's living 30,000. But the good thing in the dump, good thing inside that dump place is there's a community, there's a church there already, mm. there's a school there. But Manila is the, set, the capital of the Philippines. Manila. Manila is the capital of the Philippines. And inside the Manila, there's a place, 130 acres of land place called Manila North Cemetery. And people kept telling me that they feel they were outcasted inside that big city. So when you go outside the gate of Manila North Cemetery, you see the, the city, the city place. And when you go, when you go inside, it's, it's a different place where criminals... Um, no, no, no food, no water, no even water, no electricity inside. So it's a different place. And I keep telling my students and the families of them, just, just enroll to our program and get an, a basic education so you can have a normal job and get out of this place because this place is a hell place. Mm -hmm. And we were talking yesterday um, how what creates this problem, at least part of it, is a lot of people will move to Manila mm -hmm. with the hopes that there'll be a lot of jobs there because it's kind of that, that center place and they, they can't find the jobs mm -hmm. and, um, and then they're thrust out of their neighborhoods mm -hmm. and they have to live somewhere mm -hmm. and this is how you end up with places like the, like mm -hmm. the cemetery. Mm -hmm. right? um, any other questions that we have Bob right here? So you mentioned the fact that most don't read or anything. Would the children benefit from something like a coloring book that would present the gospel in that way? Mm -hmm. Is it? Is it? Uh huh. Uh, when we have our uh, chapel hour, we 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 do some coloring books or some tracing, so they can understand what, and we can insert or provide or teach about Jesus Christ and lead them, to the, lead them to the Lord. But, you know, most of them even don't know how to use the pe pencil. So we have to start from the beginning. And most of them, most of my students are already 8, 9, 10 years old. So when we are coming here in the car, me and Brother John are chatting and having story. I have a students there that been uh, in my program for five years now and keep on uh, repeating, repeating the program. So you know the problem. The problem is not homelessness. They are, they are mal mal malnutrition. They don't have enough food. They don't have enough vitamins or something like that. In addition to education and meeting spiritual needs, are you meeting other needs there? You know, you mentioned malnutrition, mm -hmm. um, medical needs, things like that. So, uh, if we have a fund or someone sponsored it, we are distributing uh, medicine and vitamins for children because we have uh, the problem of malnutrition there because they, they don't have enough food or good food. They don't have enough food, so we're... We are being uh, distributing. If 
the funds is ready or okay. Um, we've been distributing vitamins and medicines through the children for at least thrice now, four times already. So we've been doing that. Um, uh, uh, can I tell you another story that I have experienced there that there's a lady for the first two or three years, I can't remember the exact date, but for the first two or three years that I had experienced that her mom forces her to be pregnant so that the baby could be sold for their food. So that's how big of a problem inside the cemetery. And there's a lot of story. Even Brother John last October where there, um, there's a pregnant lady who's been in pain and re ready to get birth, um, just gave birth inside the cemetery, just between the crypts. So that's the problem inside the cemetery. Um, I guess you, you almost kind of half answered my question there. I was, I was just wondering how, how well are you received in there, but you know, are the parents like, please help get my children out of here, or are they more like, what are you doing interfering in our way of life? You know, um, if you offer them a way out, they will. Uh, they don't want to live there. They don't want to live there. They, they, they don't have any choice to live there. So I see the problem. I see the, the burden. It burdened my heart, so I gave them a way out. So many people are enrolling and uh, are okay with our ministry. The problem we have there is the criminals. They don't want me to be there. So I have experienced that a man, a very short man, <laughs> I may add, a very short man that came up to me one time and he has a gun. He was a drug lord inside the cemetery. And he wants me to be out of the cemetery because he's been using the kids for drug mules to carry drugs. So he wants me out in the cemetery and I was thinking to myself, if this, if this man or this dude doesn't have the gun, I'm just going to beat him. <laughs> because he's very short. He's very short. He is very short. But um, the criminals don't want me there. And even the office don't want me there. But the office. The office in Manila North Cemetery. We have an office there. If you let me... Uh, the cemetery looks like this. There's a gate. If there's a gate, uh, after the gate, there's an office. So the people can come if they want to, their family to be buried inside the cemetery. So the office is the management of the whole cemetery. So they know there are people living inside the cemetery. If they don't want that people living there, they will just harass them and uh, destroy the things they have. So the people will go another uh, tomb or crypts. So that's so the office is like our government inside the cemetery. Even uh, even our office don't want me to be there because they are just using them for their own purposes. We have a question over here. Are there any other? Are you hearing me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
Are there any other Christian organizations working in the Manila Cemetery? No, sir. I'm just the only one working inside the cemetery. Um, you can find every December some local government, nonprofit organization coming in, just giving handouts. But every day for a whole year, I'm just the only Christian organization or Christian ministry inside the cemetery. Yes, sir. Um, you said the people weren't well accepted at the local Baptist church. Mm -hmm. How well are they accepted in the public schools when they're ready to transfer? Um, when we transferred it, it, we will transfer it to the, our social worker. Social worker, uh, we call that Department of Social Worker Development. So the SWD is the one who's taking care of them to get in the public school. So they were taken uh, good in, uh, in the public school and we have to be, uh, we have 10 to 15 families already out in the cemetery because of our program. Got Steve back there. So my question is, what really funds, it seems like you have a lot of expense trying to reach out to all of these uh, kids and I was just wondering what really funds that and is there any special thing that we can do as a church that would probably help that maybe we can vote on here? Yeah, um, I've been under my dad's umbrella. If you know uh, Lito Avila, who's been here a few years ago, I've been fund by my dad. So there are some supporting me, there are some not. Some months I have found some, not, but the Lord has burdened me and I have a song that keeps singing that I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Um, The Lord has blessed us. The song is Don't No One Jump Me. Still have fun. So, I don't know where to get fun. I've been leaving. I don't know, fifty dollars per month. But the Lord has blessed us. It, um, it, it reminds us, reminds me, how uh, how little we're willing to sacrifice for the gospel. Um, and I think hearing stories in ministries like this remind us of what the verses we read in Scripture about sacrificing and about willing to leave things that, that are comfortable, um, what, those really, what those verses really point to. In our culture, we think, oh man, that means someone might call me a bad name or someone might uh, you know, mock me. But in cases like this, it's, it's much more real in the difficulty. And, and even as we just mentioned, the isolation at times, not having other ministries there, um, 
it's, it, it's, it's rebuking to me. It's convicting to me. Uh, what an encouragement to, to see what God is doing and his faithfulness even in that. Um, we have Colleen over here with a question. Hi, I came a little late, so you might have already addressed it because I was working with the children. But, you know, I've always had a burden for children. I work in the public school system, so I deal with a lot of children. And I've been doing that for many, many years. But one of my burdens is for uh, children and even our students that have been trafficked. And I'm assuming maybe you already talked on that, but trafficking must be big in, in the cemetery. And are the authorities doing anything about that at all? No, because um, Philippines, Philippine government has been uh, decades of corruption. Yeah. Um, they have been working with the criminals for trafficking, for drugs. Um, because our law, if you, you only have to be 18 years old to be put in jail. So if you are 17 years old and you have caught with drugs, you will only have two weeks of seminar, and after that you can go home now. So they've been working on that. They've been forcing uh, women there to get pregnant so that they will have more and more children so they can use it for their own sake or their own purposes. So drugs, sex trafficking, human trafficking, we have lots of problems inside the cemetery. Yes, sir. Criminals don't want you in there. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand why the office doesn't want you in the cemetery. Is that for the same reason they're yes, corrupt sir. as well? Yes, sir. Because the office, working in the office, or our government inside the cemetery, is working with the criminals inside the cemetery. Okay. I did a search online about the North Cemetery, and I came up with Dave Young. Are you still... Uh, coordinating with him for donations. He's been he's been with us a few years ago. Brother John uh, brought Dave Young inside the cemetery, and he has seen uh, the the need inside the cemetery. So, so my question is, he he's got a site that says if you you can donate through him mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, are you still are you receiving any funds from him? Not of, out of, not of lately. For years, uh, Tim has been getting help through his dad. It's, it's basically been, it started out as kind of a family ministry that Tim led uh, with the support of his mom and dad, but uh, it's continued to grow. As we bring visitors in to see the, the uh, cemetery, <coughs> they become burdened because, you know, through the eye gate, your heart is affected. And, and that's what Dave was was doing. He was trying to just be a help because Tim is, was not an approved missionary separate but under his dad's ministry. The reason Tim is here in the U.S. today, his first trip to the U.S., is that he is graduating to try to establish the ministry on his own. So he got approved by a Central Missionary Clearinghouse as a as approved missionary, and they will then begin to take all donations from various sources uh, and then funnel them to Tim once a month. Uh, so he is here um, getting that approval, which has been completed. He has a sending church now in the Denver area 
that is sponsoring him. Um, that pastor had, has already visited the cemetery. As a matter of fact, he's going to go back next month, at the end of next month, and visit it again. So uh, we're just taking the opportunity for Tim to meet some folks who already know a little bit about his ministry so he can give updates on it. And he'll be, uh, for the next, what, five, six weeks mm -hmm. here in the U.S. before he goes back and resumes the ministry. In his absence, his dad is helping and coordinating everything. So the ministry continues. Yes, good morning. Um, I'm Audrey. I'm someone that has the heart for missions. I've been involved, I've been involved in missions all my life, from a child until now. And we don't just talk mission, we do missions, meaning come over to Macedonia and help. Um, if Faith Baptist Church should say want to send school supplies or the vitamins that the kids need or whatever, would the government there allow you to get it like duty free? Meaning we did it once for Cuba and they took it away so the people didn't get it. Um, if we decide, say, send barrels or boxes, whatever, we pack it, we ship it. Mm -hmm. with books, mm -hmm. uh, pencils, just, just, just name it. Mm -hmm. Would you get it? Would the government allow you to get it? And if so, can you give pastor the information how to send it? Okay. Uh, well, I'm, well, before coming here, I'm a licensed customs broker by profession, so I know mm -hmm. about international shipping, etc. Mm -hmm. So I would help to do that. Mm -hmm. But I just want to make sure that when it gets there, the government don't take it because it happens to us before in Cuba. Yeah. So uh, school supplies, we can get that. But uh, medicine, like vitamins and medicine, uh, that's the problem. That's the problem. We've been dealing with that for years now. Um, I don't know about the tax, about that, or they will. But our pastor, Pastor Rob, who's my sending church right now, uh, tries to send vitamins. Um, it not get to us. And it, it, didn't, it, didn't get, it didn't get to us uh, because in the Philippines, vitamins is very expensive. Uh, I recently know that vitamins here is around 2 or $3 per bottle. In the Philippines, it's around 6 to $7 per bottle. So Pastor Rob, our, our, my sending church, has been trying to do that, sending vitamins. But school supplies, we can get it. We can, we can get like books or coloring books or pencils or crayons like that. We can, the problem is medicine and vitamins. I cannot guarantee the vitamins and medicine, but I guarantee the, the school supplies, we, 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 can, we can get that. Now, you, you work mainly in the cemetery, but that's not all you do, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Can you walk us through your... Your weekly schedule. What, what, <laughs> it's a lot busier than just the cemetery. Yeah. So. so I've been working in cemetery for Tuesday to Saturday. Tuesday to Friday is our classes. Saturday is our uh, chapel hour. It's from seven to one, and after seven, after one o'clock, I'll I'll be traveling back to Lipa, our 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 church there in 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 Batangas. So it's a two-hour drive. And I'm, assist, I'm, I'm the assistant pastor of that church. 
So I've, I'm also involved in my dad's ministry, which is the uh, IB Cup, so the Bible College. And I'm also working in the film ministry for evangelist, evangelizing people through film, like Jesus film and other stuff. So if somebody wants me to be in their place to do film, I also do that and squeeze it to my uh, not so hectic schedule, <laughs> not so busy schedule. <laughs> And Monday is technically your day off. Technically. 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 Right. Yeah. <laughs> Monday is my technically day off, but uh, my dad always uh, told me that you should go to that uh, uh, teaching center of our Bible college. So technically, my day off is around half of the half of Monday. <laughs> Any other questions? We have one right here, Patrick. Uh, hi, my name is Nancy. Um, I do have a question regarding uh, the children's nutrition and food, etc. cetera. Uh, since um, obviously vitamins cannot be, um, you know, you can't get them. Uh, what are the possibilities of starting a, uh, a soup kitchen, per se, nearby the cemetery or in the cemetery? Would you um, have the ability, the equipment, the permission to be able to do something like that? Um, we, can, we can do that if the funds is uh, available. Um, but we are, for myself, I don't, I don't uh, do that. I don't want to give them handouts. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, need, I don't want to give them handouts because many people will only come for that soup kitchen. Um, we, we do that every December. We hand out food bags for, for Christmas so that the family and the children have a smile on their Christmas, on their face during Christmas. But every day we don't, I don't necessarily do that. Um, I want to give them education so they can be out because they will just be in there and asking for or looking for that soup or that, that kitchen. You have one right here, Francis. So, um, the 10 or 15 families you talked about that have left the cemeteries and their kids are in the schools, mm -hmm. are you able to stay in touch with them? Did they yes. respond to the gospel? How yes. are they doing? Actually, they, 10, 10, to 15, 10 to 15 families, actually they are now outside renting their own place, renting their own place outside the cemetery. But outside the cemetery meaning they are just uh, right, right behind the cemetery. So they have their own daily jobs right now. And every Saturday, they, they've been working with me with uh, evangelizing more people. So basically, they are my other stuff for spiritual things. So two of that 10 to 15 families are my staff inside the cemetery. So that's, that's a big blessing for us. It's a big blessing for us. David. I had um, 
two questions. One was, it sounds like you don't have a facility where you actually can work. So what is, where, how are you um, working with the kids? Or you meet together, is it outside? And then the other question I had is, um, how do you live on a daily basis? Are you among them? Are you sleeping in, in your vehicle? You know, how, how do you, you know, how do you take, you know, life basically on a daily basis? Okay, um, f for the fir first question, uh, Manila North Cemetery is not the same as cemetery here. So we have mausoleums like buildings there, so we can rent it out or help some, somebody is just helping me out. And we have a place in the cemetery, like a small place, like for storage purposes, for my stuff and like tables and chairs like that and that place have a a like big big backyard you call that big backyard but it's they have a roof there and that's where we using them uh, for myself I've been living in my dad's office for 10 years um, that's what that's where I live. It's a nearby place, around five to six miles, I guess, if I convert it to from kilometers to, to miles. <laughs> so five to six miles away from Manila North. So from Monday to Saturday, I've been living inside my dad's office in Manila. So traveling around Manila. That's, I hope you, I answer your question. <laughs> We'll do one more right here, and then we want to take some time just to pray uh, for Tim and his ministry. I was just curious with the ones that get out. Mm -hmm. Is there ever any draw for them to go back because they've been in this criminal activity? Do they get any pressure to come back? Um, any threatening or anything? No, no, no. no. Um, the good thing about going out is... For in the first place, they don't want to be inside. So when they have the chance to go out, they make use of that to go out and do not come back. So, and plus, they have been led to the Lord. So the Lord has blessed us. The Lord has been, uh, been using us in that kind of ministry. And the Lord has... Uh, teaching, teach them to be in the right path with the Lord's will. So, I have not seen anybody that come out and wants to come, come, come back to the world or their, uh, the threat. If there's, there's no threat. So, they always say, I know them. He knows me. Uh, we've been... Uh, growing up together, they are criminal. Uh, I am not. Uh, just do our own business. They always say that to me. We want to take uh, uh, just a few minutes to pray. Um, the prayer is, is the most powerful thing um, that's going to strengthen Tim and his ministry there. Um, and so with that in mind, um, Tim, are there any specific prayer requests in addition to just the daily needs and, and the funds and uh, and the work there, anything else that we can be praying for specifically for you, for the ministry there? 
Um, for now, please pray for our children there because my dad just called me a few days ago. Um, we've been having uh, lots of rain right now and there's a flood war warning right now and there are a lot of children are sick inside the cemetery right now. So please pray for that and please pray for our needs there and please pray for our ministry, basically our ministry there. Can we get two volunteers uh, to, to pray? We'll give you the microphone and uh, just take some time to, to pray for Tim and the, and the ministry there. Um, just to uh, keep these in mind. We have two, two volunteers, two people who would like to pray uh, for us. We've got Darren right here and then a second. Who else would like to pray for Tim and the ministry? Anyone else? John over here. All right, so we'll do it that way. Darren, go ahead and start us off. John will close us. Let's pray together. Dear Father, we thank you for this morning and the opportunity to be informed and be made aware of the ministry that you're working in and Lord, you're calling Tim to this Manila North Cemetery. Lord, our hearts are burdened for these kids and the conditions that they're in and Father, they need your hope and your forgiveness. And Lord, I thank you for calling Tim and these volunteers. Lord, I thank you for the work that you've been doing in these families that have seen the hope of the gospel and come to know you and Lord, how it has changed them. Father, first and foremost, we would pray for more people to understand the gospel and know you and the hope that that provides. Lord, I pray that you would encourage Tim and the other volunteers in the ministry each day. Lord, it's difficult. It's challenging. There's much opposition from officials and criminals and so many different areas. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them in the hope of the gospel and encourage them to, as they see lives changed. Lord, I pray that you would provide the necessary funding for the work to continue. Lord, that everything from nutrition to food to school supplies. Lord, for the building and the needed signatures and permits and things like this so that the building can be constructed. Lord, we pray for you to work and change officials' hearts, Lord, so that without needing to bribe or coerce, Lord, that they would sign off on these approvals. Lord, we know you are a powerful God and you move in the hearts of kings and rulers. And so, Lord, you can do that and we pray that you would. Lord, we would ask that uh, other congregations and churches around the country would also see the need and partner together with Tim in the ministry to to make this uh, uh, an ongoing effort possible. Lord, thank you for the hope that we have in you. And Lord, I pray that that would be a powerful uh, testimony of the work that's happening there ongoing. And Lord, someday in heaven, we get to meet some of these fellow believers and rejoice in the work that you're doing. We pray this in your name. Father, we 
are so grateful for your love for us. Lord, we are thankful that you brought Tim to us this morning to learn of the burdens that he has and the the successes that he's had. And we just are hopeful, Lord, that we can be part of that and help him to grow his ministry even more. We're very happy to know that once these uh, children are educated, that your love sits on them and they don't go back to their old ways. It's a good thing to hear. We uh, pray especially now for the conditions there this week that uh, Tim says that are, there's a lot of sickness there and maybe flooding. Father, we just uh, ask that you Put your protective hand on them and uh, help heal them and don't uh, allow for any damage to be done to their things because they have so little. We just thank you, Lord, for the way you are ministering in that area and we just hope that uh, it grows and prospers and more are led to Christ so that your name might be lifted up and we praise you and thank you for what you will be doing there. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we close, I think it would be great for us to actually sing together a cappella. Um, I have decided to follow Jesus. In the first verse and then the second verse, though no one join me, so I will follow. So let's sing that together uh, and uh, as our way to close as a prayer. That as, as we've learned from Tim's testimony and heart, that that. That would be our prayer for our own lives as well. So let's close by, by singing that song together. Ready? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Tim for being here. Thank you for your testimony. And be sure to welcome him and let him know that you're praying for him. And uh, we're excited to see what God is going to do uh, through you and your ministry. We're going to